0: Stir me from my slumber. I am the Eternal Dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host. Tim Bridgewater. What is up everyone? Welcome to episode 67 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh, you can find me at Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast. So if you have a second, pull out your phone right now, pull it up, click like, go a long way in showing a lot of support for the podcast, as well as everything else that I'm getting into. And the more support I get, the more Likely, this thing will carry on into the end of Dragon Ball Super and beyond, and maybe even into more things beyond that. I don't know. (laughs) Anything is possible, but I need you guys' help. So, take a second, go like that page. Also, uh i just launched a youtube channel i mentioned that a couple times of course if you go to youtube and just type in the search bar rock the dragon podcast you should find the channel there i just posted a new video uh i think some a couple days ago uh there's a new video game announced called jump force which is sort of a uh combination uh three on three tag team fighting sort of a game with the 3d instructable environments that sort of combines every um Not every, that'd be a lot, (laughs) but combines a lot of the anime franchises that were featured in Shonen Jump. Remember that old manga from Japan where Dragon Ball first started? Uh, You know, they made a video game, just putting most of those characters in one game. So we've got Naruto, we've got characters from Death Note, we've um, we've got characters from One Piece. And of course, we have, at least right now, two characters from dragon ball which is goku and frieza okay so very exciting video game i made a video breaking it down talking about it showing footage showing screenshots giving my opinions on it and all that kind of stuff so you can find that video at the youtube page once again i don't have a direct url yet so don't type in youtube.com slash rock the dragon podcast you will not find the channel that way uh, hopefully I can get that, but I have to get to 100 subscribers first, which is actually pretty difficult, you know, because it's a brand new channel and you guys know there's thousands upon thousands of channels out there. So, the, you know, it's going to take a while for people to start to discover mine. And that's why I rely on you guys, my subscribers and listeners, since you're already here to uh, to be the first ones to go over there and help me reach that that level. OK, so I definitely need some more subscribers over there, reach 100 and that'll make everything easier for me to do in terms of putting up more content and all that kind of stuff. So I very much appreciate your continued support there. Uh, so we kind of have a lot to talk about today. This is a very interesting episode. At least I say so myself. What do you what did you think about it? What are you saying? Remember, we have an email segment uh, called What Are You Saying? Well, you can send me your emails with your questions and concerns and everything like that. You can also message me at the Facebook page if you uh, prefer to do that. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to jump into that segment now. I do have one email here for this week. This one's from Ricky. Ricky, as always, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, this one reads, hey, Tim, just finished listening to episode 66 of the podcast. Like you, I love the conclusion episode to the Black Ark I feel like it was a bit fast, but the way it played out kind of reminded me of the pacing of the DBZ movies, which I liked. When I listened to the podcast, it sounded like there were some questions as to why Trunks was able to create a spirit bomb. And I think I have an explanation. So if we look at Goku's spirit bomb, he asks all living things to share their energy with him. And then he gathers it all into a single attack that we know is as the spirit bomb. But what if Goku didn't have to ask? What if the people of Earth were so focused on the singular goal that just by their own will, they offered up their energy naturally? My theory is that Trunks did not actually form the spirit bomb, and instead it was the people of Earth who made it as their who made it as their contribution to the fight. As I said, this is just a theory, but I feel it complies with the theme of mortals versus gods even more so. Tell me what you think. Good work on the podcast as always, and I've been enjoying the YouTube channel as well. Until next time, I'll be listening. Ricky. Ricky, always good to hear from you. Glad to, to, to see you chime in on this. Uh, so what you're saying is that in your sort of viewpoint, because there were some questions about this last episode, um, I I think I accepted it a little bit more than other people did. Like I almost didn't um, dissect it as, as deeply as I probably would have normally because I felt like the last episode was so good overall that I was kind of willing to overlook some of the questions that i had and one of those questions was kind of you know how did this spirit bomb form You know, as far as we know, Goku was the only other person to ever really do this It was a technique that was taught to him by King Kai. So all of a sudden, Trunks is doing it out of nowhere with no explanation. I believe Evan, one of my other listeners was he was really the one who kind of had a problem with that. And we talked about that as well. One of Evans concerns was that the Trunks just form a spirit bomb without actually doing the technique, you know, and by the technique, you know, obviously there's some internal stuff going on that we can't see that Goku is doing, but outward this you know, he usually kind of stands there with his hands toward the sky, right? So we at least know what he's doing in those situations. And as far as we could tell, Trunks didn't do any sort of a thing. I don't think I really had an explanation for it. I mean, I think I just kind of took it as what it was that somehow throughout that process, maybe internally, he, he channeled the energy without realizing it because, you know, they didn't really explain it. But Ricky, this is an awesome explanation and I didn't really think about it like that, you know, and you're right. Every time in the past, Goku would typically sort of ask for the power of, of everyone, you know, like whether it be through sort of a uh, I think they did. I don't know if he used telekinesis to do it one time or I mean, sorry, uh, telepathy to do it before or, or something. But he, there's definitely been situations in the past. We've kind of sort of had to ask everyone to put their hands to the sky and offer their their energy. Well, it stands to reason that in this world where people can manipulate their key, even humans, you know, humans can do this, too, uh, that just the remaining survivors were so focused on what was going on with the battle that they sort of unknowingly were all so determined. And then they sort of willfully gave their their power toward him without even realizing it. Right. I mean, that's definitely possible. I mean, it's something that could definitely happen in this world. And I think it's a pretty good theory. I mean, it's better than what they've shown. <laughs> I think I think the only thing is that I wish if that was their goal, that they would have uh, sort of displayed it in a, in a better way to kind of to showcase that that. I mean, it doesn't have to be right on the nose. You know, it doesn't have to be like shit like, you know, 100 percent explained, but. You know, there are ways to do editing to where you can kind of change things around and then you you can have you thinking, okay, maybe this is what's happening. I feel like they probably didn't really do that. But the the fact that you came up with that based on what you saw is pretty impressive. So, yeah, I, I think so. Why not? And yeah, you're right. It definitely does tie into the whole theme, as I said it before, of, uh you know, mortals versus gods, because the spirit bomb itself is a physical representation of mortals i mean it's literally every living thing every living thing that can also die coming together with one singular focus putting all the energy together and it was trunks uses as a part of his sword and i thought most of that was pretty cool so i was kind of willing to overlook a little bit of the reasonings or i guess questions surrounding of how it happened because it was a cool moment but i like this explanation and hell why not we'll just go ahead and take that <laughs> All right, Ricky. uh, Thanks for your email. I appreciate that. Uh, That being said, that's the only one I have. I don't have any reviews this week, I think. Okay. So, uh, but if you do want to leave a review on on iTunes or Apple podcasts or, you know, whatever, obviously feel free to do that um, and I'll check it out. I keep my eye on that and I'll come on here and read them and uh, five stars if you're, if you're enjoying the show. Okay. OK, with that being said, at this point, we're going to switch over to the episode talk for this week. Of course, this episode of uh, Rock the Dragon podcast, episode 67, is going to cover episode 67 of Dragon Ball Super titled With New Hope in His Heart. Farewell, Trunks. And, you know, they were doing so good without the spoilers. <laughs> but I mean, we I guess we, we could we could all assume that now that this battle appears to be coming to an end. That trunks is probably going to leave right now the way things play out here is not the way i thought it was going to happen but uh we'll get a lot into that a lot more into that in the next uh 30 minutes or hour or however long this ends up being okay so what well, we you know we left off in episode 66 with some pretty exciting shit going on i mean i was left sitting there with my mouth hanging open at the end of it, last we saw is if we just talked about this, Trunks had the spirit sword, spirit bomb sword. I don't know. That's that's probably an actual name for this thing <laughs> that, you know, people who keep up with behind the scenes shit probably uh, sort of uh, would know. But I don't really do that because, once again, I don't like to risk being spoiled. Um, so, yeah, he just kind of sliced fused Zamasu right in half with the with the blade. And uh It picks the episode picks up right after that moment. Now we get, you know, a little, you know, sort of typical Zamasu commentary. And then he kind of laughs one last final quote unquote time. And then he just kind of goes up in a big blaze of divine energy. Okay, so in typical sort of Dragon Ball fashion, it's time for everyone to power down and be calm because it's all it's all over. Right. It's done. It's got to be done. Right. (laughs) They haven't learned yet it's got to be done um it's not done it's not done we get a a brief moment of sort of talking here and you know Goku kind of mentions hey I've never seen a spirit bomb sword before so just in case there was any sort of question about what that was it was definitely a spirit bomb because I mean you know normally they say it right every time Goku is done and he'll say something about it or someone on the sideline will say it's a spirit bomb you know And for those, I mean, I think if this is our first time seeing that technique in Super, right, like, I don't think we've seen it at all. I could be wrong. Hell, it's been 67 episodes, but I think this is the first time we've seen it. So it's nice for them to kind of mention stuff like that for those who haven't watched Dragon Ball Z in 20 years to be like, wait a second, what is that technique? It looks familiar. I don't remember what it was called. You know, I don't know what they said in the Japanese version, but at least in the English dub, they did say Ace. it's a quick little comment from Goku to, to remind us that that was a spirit mom. Uh, and Boma walks up and Vegeta's there and Mai is there and Trunks is taking a second to look at his sword because it's like it's a good moment, you know, and then we get a quick flashback of all the, the survivors kind of, you know, cheering together on that hill um, for Trunks. And this kind of plays into what. Uh, ricky said in his email is that in that moment they were sort of all together watching the fight you know focus on a singular goal and maybe somehow unknowingly channel their energy into the spirit bomb i mean it's definitely something that could have happened but this moment is very short-lived right because it's not over yet it's not over okay Uh, All of a sudden we get this dark sort of energy that just kind of shows up and shoots toward the sky and everybody's immediately realizing, holy crap, this isn't over. After all, Zamasu is still a threat, which none of them should be that surprised by this. But in their defense, I mean, I'm even I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that from a writing standpoint, they chose to bring Zamasu back for this final sort of thing. Right. Uh, we'll talk more about why I think they did this later, but it's just a little weird for Dragon Ball, right? Because, I mean, obviously, we've seen villains get, quote unquote, destroyed in the past only to come back seconds or minutes later. It's literally happened, I think, with every single freaking villain they've ever fought. That They thought that they were dead and they weren't. But the way I mean, this ending was so epic right the ending of episode 66 was so freaking epic that it seems weird that they'd be like psych he's not completely gone yet after doing all that having trunks and you know make the speeches and and just the spirit sword and zamasu's reaction and him being split in half so violently and all the divine energy being scattered everywhere you'd be like holy shit there's no way he's coming back from that right uh no not necessarily true right because he does come back now Albeit it's in a different form, which I think that makes it okay. You know, if he had just sort of regenerated and he had his body back all of a sudden, I would have been like, well, damn. You know, like, what else could you possibly do at this point? But instead, he kind of comes back as this sort of darkness into the sky where you can kind of see his face everywhere. And it's just, it's really creepy. I mean, it's really apocalyptic, demonic type shit. <laughs> you know I mean, it's pretty it's pretty spooky stuff uh but once again you know they're all like okay well i don't know you know we don't i guess it's time to power back up and fight so goku and vegeta try to power back up straight to super saiyan blue which is odd and some of this stuff is a little weird because and then supreme kai and they they can't do it so supreme kai says well it's from them doing that giant kamehameha earlier and now they're out of power, so they can't go to Super Saiyan, let alone a Super Saiyan Blue. But he didn't they didn't even try to go to Super Saiyan. So how the hell do you know? <laughs> you don't know. They didn't try to go to Super Saiyan. I thought it was odd that they would go try to go to Blue immediately. I mean, it's like you guys are so you've been weakened so much at this point. Don't forget there is regular Super Saiyan mode, which I think it would have been nice to just see them go to that because we don't see that anymore. It's, you know, it's very rarely do one of these characters just go. I mean, Goku or Vegeta go to level one Super Saiyan. I think it's always fun to see that. So they could have had him at least go to that just for the hell of it. Because they still somehow managed to summon the strength to launch yet another energy wave at the sky. So who's to say they couldn't use that power to go to Super Saiyan one? But it doesn't matter because at this point they don't even know that. Zamasu is something that can be defeated you know we find out that he's kind of becoming a part of everything at this point so it doesn't even seem like if you have no physical body how can you how can an energy wave even hurt something like that but I guess they're thinking well we don't know what else to do and it's a pretty cool moment so I'll let it slide where they all kind of shoot up toward the sky Goku launches a uh, Kamehameha Uh, Trunks does a a Gallic gun and then Vegeta comes in with the final flash which I thought was pretty cool Um, instead you know because he could have gone either way I guess he could have busted out another Gallic gun but I guess just to make them all three launch different blasts they had to do a final flash I thought it worked better anyway Uh, I kind of wish they would have let Trunks do the burning attack in that moment because I mean we just haven't seen him do that (laughs) at all in Super and that was kind of his like trademark move You know, you know, burning attack the one way he moves his arms first in like a bunch of different directions and then kind of focuses the beam. I mean, I've always kind of liked that. Would have been cool for them to use it there. But I guess I mean, I guess if the Gallic gun is a more powerful technique, then why wouldn't he use that? Right. Um, So they are all three kind of launch. And that's pretty cool. But it doesn't really do anything at all, because essentially it just looks like they're just launching it into this force field in the sky it just kind of reverberates and just kind of bounces away and at this point they don't really know what to do now this is where we have our uh, exposition uh master goasu come in <laughs> and just you know really kind of break this stuff down and explain and uh in his opinion what's happening here and once again you know it's just zamasu is becoming sort of a part of the you say like part of the ethereal part of the sort of fabric of the the world and you know it might be a little bit of a stretch in some ways but this is a god right and i think i mean it's the first time really destroying a god or trying to destroy one who was also who also made a wish to be invincible so who knows how this thing would turn out my only question is you know what happened to that little tear that little tear that that goku black made in the sky remember that uh, what did that I mean? Like, what did it even do? What was the point of any of that? <laughs> I thought for sure that I was going to come back to mean something later on to say, OK, that rip in the world and the sky that he created would somehow play into something else. But it didn't do anything. I mean, all it did was kind of stop them from being able to transform temporarily and they never went back to it. So I don't know. I was and even maybe in this moment, this would have been a good way to kind of bring that back around somehow. Since now there are this there's this other weird shit happening in the skies, too, you know, but it just uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be Dragon Ball of everything made sense, wouldn't it? Uh, so, yeah, he just kind of starts launching these blasts out of the sky and we get some pretty decent animation here. I mean, where they're kind of trying to stop this this dark energy from just kind of destroying everything, which it it pretty much does i mean you know he 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 unleashes enough blast to essentially wipe out every single last thing that was remaining on the planet uh of course other than our z fighters and not only that it's also sort of rippling throughout the timelines so even people in the current main timeline can kind of see zamasu in the sky and kind of have an idea of what's going and on and we get to see them briefly and then we bounce over to Weiss and Beerus because, of course, they're starting to feel it. Weiss is saying that he can feel something going on. Beerus knows exactly what it is. He knows that it's something that is coming from what I like to... He, he calls him a sword swinger, and I like that. That was <laughs> I thought that was kind of a cool little extra thing. Um, so, you know, we, we we know that now that Beerus is aware of this, you know, we, we can count on seeing him again. But then we go back to Trunks' timeline, and well, everything's wiped out i mean except them our three main guys and of course Mai and boma which i don't understand how they're still alive throughout all of that (laughs) i mean we can argue that trunks and vegeta and goku would have survived that and of course the kai's are there too right so maybe the kai's shielded Mai and boma and they just didn't show it uh or something like that i don't know but there's a moment where Trunks is, he realizes that all the survivors that were left for now dead, right? Because there's no way they were on their own. So they've all just kind of been wiped out. And once Mai finds this out, she kind of loses her cool. And in this moment that I, I don't know, it didn't it didn't play out very well. You know, the shots of her firing that shotgun at the sky just seemed kind of, I don't, it seemed kind of cheesy. I don't I, <laughs> there's just something about the way it was edited. That it just didn't seem right. But I'll say this. The the voice actress for my is great here. I mean, like those cries sound realistic as fuck. <laughs> they do. So props to her because she she's been killing it, even though she doesn't even have like a lot of lines. She's just awesome at it. Uh, so, yeah, they're all just kind of like wondering, well, what can we do now? And of course, Goku, Goku says, oh, if, if only I had one more sensu bean, I could try something. So he starts digging around in his clothing and lo and behold, he pulls out this little circular device, right? This little button looking thing. So immediately, most of us should flash back to the to his meeting with grand zeno right that episode that kind of seemed like it meant nothing (laughs) uh grand zeno gave him that little button you know was just like well anytime you need me or you want to play i'll give you this button to press it and summon me okay goku remembers that he has this button now how these characters seem to keep, to, you know, seem to, to to maintain anything throughout all these fights and healing and getting beaten up and all that stuff. I'll never know. <laughs> but somehow he managed to hold on to that freaking button the whole time. So Goku media starts thinking, he says, Supreme Kai, let me know. Um, is the Zeno of this timeline still around? and Shen says well yeah i mean you know he's the greatest power there is there's nothing greater there's no question that he would not still be around in this timeline because nothing can destroy him he is the top person okay so then goku says well i'll push this thing and see if it works all of a sudden grand zeno's here okay the omni king grand zeno shows up now I, you know i have a couple little gripes about this whole thing and, and how I think it could have probably turned out better. Um, but at least I can say this, they at least brought that back around, right? Because it, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been that unusual in Dragon Ball fashion to introduce something and then just never go back to it. Cause so we have to remember that he did have that meeting with Zeno and he said, and Goku told him that I would bring someone back <laughs> who's more fun to play with than I am. And at the time, he didn't know who that was. Okay, but that was a meeting that happened. He gave him the button, and now he's using the button. Now, we could I could easily destroy this whole freaking thing by saying, damn it, Goku, why didn't you just push the button from the beginning? Right? <laughs> like, as soon as all this stuff started, he could have used that button. Now, we don't know what Zeno would have done, you know, and and, and it, it, it does make sense that he would want to wait until the last like possible thing, extreme circumstance to call in help like that from the the top person in all of the worlds and timelines. So I guess he's saying, well, now this whole plan has essentially been wiped out. So I'm calling in uh, the Omni King to do it now. It, it, you know, I don't know calling in a big dog like that to essentially save one planet now we because it's not clear you know does zamasu's abilities kind of just start and stop with planet earth since that's where he is now or does it affect every other universe in that timeline i think it's safe to assume that maybe it does right because those you other universes don't have anyone protecting him them because he wiped out all the kai's so i guess when you look at it like that it is sort of a major thing uh, Zeno comes in he wants to know exactly what happened who did this because he he doesn't like it and uh, Goku says it wasn't me it was that guy up there and Zeno's immediate reaction to fix everything is to just destroy it all so that's what he's gonna do and they're all trying to hurry up and get out of there pretty quickly and Goku's telling everybody to get to the time machine so we can go because he's about to obliterate this entire freaking timeline essentially <laughs> I guess uh, And they all kind of get out of there with Goku and Vegeta kind of holding on to the bottom of the spaceship. Well, nice to know that that works, right? Nice to know that you don't actually have to be in the spaceship (laughs) to travel throughout time, because had we known that, well, hell, they could have been doing that. They could have brought more people. Why were they squeezing five people into that freaking thing when there was room at the bottom all you had to do was hold on to the bottom of it? You know, that's kind of a nitpick, right? Because it stands to reason that they wouldn't have known that, and They really had no other choice in this case, so they just hung out to the bottom. And who knows, maybe anyone other than Goku or Vegeta may have not been able to survive that trip through space without being, quote unquote, protected by, I guess, the time machine. I mean, I'm giving this thing way more credit than it probably (laughs) deserves, but they make it back successfully to the timeline. We get some quick reunions. We even get sort of a new meeting here between... Little Mai and grown Mai, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I don't know, it's just a cool moment because we've got little Mai and little Trunks standing there next to Big Mai and Big Trunks, and it's just something sort of cool about that. They make a moment out of it where they see each other. Little Trunks even looks up at Big Mai, kind of gets shy, and then runs off. So, you know, nice little moments like that with the kids. Even Goten was there, you know. Goten was there to to hug Goku and Chi-Chi was there. So, you know, we we don't get to see these characters interact very much anymore. So it's cool in these little moments to see it. But it's very short lived, okay? because Beerus and we show up. Uh, Of course, the Kai show up. There's a cool moment where Goasu apologizes to Beerus and he just tells him to watch his apprentice more carefully. I mean, it's just it shows that there's a respect level between these gods uh, and even they can cross, you know, align sometimes with what they do and try to keep each other in check and all that kind of stuff so uh, now they immediately go back right so Goku and Trunks go back because Trunks is wondering what happened to his timeline so he and Goku go back and they just see Zeno kind of floating out there upside down amongst all of this sort of nothingness I mean it's beautiful there's a lot of like shapes and energies and auras and stuff but he's essentially wiped out every freaking thing as far as we can tell as far as we can tell, that whole I don't know. I don't think it was just Earth. I think it it appeared to be just an entire sort of timeline wiped out. Um, so then, you know, they pick up. They pick up Zeno because and this is where you should start to remember, oh, this is what's going to happen. He's going to this is the other person he's going to bring back to the other Grand Zeno. And that's essentially what he does. He go they go back to Earth. They get Supreme guy. They take. Uh, this alternate timeline Zeno to the current timeline Zeno, and then thus Goku sort of fulfills his promise to bring someone back. That was even more fun because now he can just play with another version of himself. OK, now. Here's my problem with this. <laughs> you guys are probably saying, oh, I knew it was coming. Um it's not even really a problem. I, 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 problem is probably a strong word. It, it's just sort of an observation. It's just something that I think they did that it kind of undermined, undermined a lot of this. And and, and, there, and there's going to be even more uh, of this talk in, in a minute. But um, with Grand Zeno, I've always kind of gotten the impression that since he is the person, right, like the end all be all, the greatest thing of all, the most powerful being, he's the supreme omni king of all universes i assume that it also meant all timelines right so it seems to me that if he's that powerful there would still only be one of him not two not one for each timeline you know because to me that suggests that even even omni king falls quote-unquote victim to this alternate timeline thing right even to even where there's more than one of him So it just kind of makes him seem like less powerful if there's multiple versions of him. Like, I feel like there should have been one Omni King who proceeds over every world, every universe, every timeline, still just one. Right. Because he's that powerful. His power should transcend timelines. But no, even he gets duplicated every time they create an alternate future so that i don't know it just i feel like it kind of takes away some of his power and to me it sort of suggests the idea that there could be an even more powerful being even beyond him right because if he falls quote unquote i can't think of a better word but if he's affected by this ti- these duplicate timelines too even to where then it seems like he's not as powerful as we thought <laughs> you know what i mean like maybe there's another even more they i mean they said that he was the top one but who knows right but it seems to me like it just it just seemed to kind of undermine his power and i just thought it might have been cooler you know i mean i get why they did it because it it, it closes off that little loop that little story with he and zeno cuz now he he has someone to bring back to zeno to play with but it, at the same time, I feel like it's hurting that character because it's like, oh, so now there's how many of these? So now, universe seven, uh, not universe seven, but just not universe seven particularly, but this timeline now has two Grand Zenos, <laughs> right? Like that's so. What are they gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't that change? Shouldn't that have some kind of effect on everything? And not only that, doesn't he have a whole other freaking timeline to look after where was he when everything was going to shit like why did it take Goku bringing him to earth from him to be like oh what's this but it's like where were you when you know Zamasu was wiping out every other universe in that timeline I don't know I guess I'm getting way too picky now <laughs> but you can see my problem right it's just like these little decisions kind of undermine the bigger sort of underlying things story wise they could be doing. And, it, and it's just it just kind of bugs me. But anyway, whatever. It's a cute moment. <laughs> we'll just focus on how cute it is it's cute moment because he brings him over and now he has someone to play with and he fulfilled his promise so but not only that there's we do also find out here that this other little guy who looks like Weiss and looks like Vados is not only of course related to them but this is their father I think I made a joke about it being his uncle or something but I had a feeling at some point they were going to reveal that there was a relation between these two so that's uh that's weese's dad. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of cool. Um so yeah, then we go back to main timeline Earth and he did a lot of traveling in a span of a day. Multiple timelines, uh different universes, planets. Um and Dragon Ball Super has kind of become known for this now. I think that they have these moments where everybody's sitting around a table or sitting around a room or sitting around, you know, dinner and they kind of just do a lot of talking about stuff like storyline wise things that they need us to understand like exposition they just kind of sit around and talk about it and that's just i guess that's just how it is now you know i would have preferred a more creative way of kind of giving us this information or sort of uh, you know dissecting these these things they're talking about but i guess they said hell the easiest way to do it is just get them all together and get them to talk about it because there's probably some questions still left over I'm going to get into this more in a moment, but for now, we'll just talk about what happens here. So we brings up this idea of somehow being able to go back in time and maybe fix Trunks's timeline so that it's not destroyed. Right. Because I think we're just led to believe at this point that there just really is no timeline that Grand Zeno just wiped that entire thing from existence. Right. Because once again, we have to kind of assume that Zamasu's stuff probably spread out further than just planet Earth. Uh, so to clean it up, he just got rid of the whole thing. Um, so Beerus is like, "Ah, uh, no, we're not messing with time anymore. And I'm with Beerus. <laughs> I'm with Beerus on this. I, I think this would have been a really good opportunity to just make all the time travel stuff just go away. You know but we'll get to that more that in a minute because we kind of jumps in and says well you create another time ring yourself whenever you kill the zamasu of this timeline you created a version where there was one where he existed and one where he was killed and that's true and that because that we've seen that other version right the one where he lives that's where goku black came from and then of course now the one that they're in is the one where Zamasu was dead. So he made a major change himself in the present that caused something different to sort of happen. Not different to happen in the future, but he did make a major effect. He, you know, so that's a good point. And I thought this was very interesting because, you know, if you guys have been listening, you know, I've thrown out the word causal loop several times and now they finally said it in the show themselves. There's actual like Weiss actually says it. He says that there was this causal loop with Zamasu that started. And that was when I was talking about as far as, you know, that was I guess there was just kind of their quick way of saying, hey, you know, for any other further questions regarding how this happened, just refer to the actual sort of, you know, science fiction theory of causal loops. And that, you know, once again, a short version of that is just something happens that causes something else to happen. And at that point, it doesn't matter how it started or who did it first. It's a loop at that point, because I that's a question I brought up and said, well, you know, if if this person didn't do this until this happened. And well, let me (laughs) let me me explain a little bit more. Um, Zamasu would have never gotten pissed off about meeting Goku and, and, and learning all that stuff until he met Goku, right? But he didn't meet Goku until Goku went to see him, which was a result of Trunks warning him about Zamasu. Right. So it was like this loop that happened there. Goku wouldn't have known to go see Zamasu if Trunks would have never told him to do it. But the only reason Trunks told him to do it is because that had already happened to him. Does that make any sense? It's very it's very hard to kind of understand, but that's the causal loop is a quick and easy way of sort of saying, hey, like it doesn't matter. Like it happened at some point and now it's a loop because that's just how it is. Okay, but yeah. So they're talking about the possibility of, you know, kind of bringing them back before any of this stuff happened before Zeno destroyed uh the timeline uh and they're all kind of throwing out these sort of alternate things you know saying well if you do that well then won't that bring zamasu back and they're saying like yeah it would and then how will we destroy him even then because we don't know when he made the wish to be invulnerable and even if we do destroy him he can just turn into that ethereal thing all over again and we just like no but i have i have a way of taking care of that because I have this, you know, he doesn't go into too much detail, but apparently he has a way to trap evil that's way more effective than the evil containment wave. And then Vegeta's like, well, why didn't you say something about that sooner? Which, uh, you know, it's, it gets really hard to talk about some of these episodes because, like, once again, I said this before Dragon Ball is a world, a universe where anything can happen pretty much. So it, it, it's hard to, like, keep track of things and make sure everything makes sense and, and make sure there's no plot holes, because they can kind of make up shit whenever they feel like it. Like we just saying, hey, I have this way of doing this. <laughs> and because they're all kind of saying, well, otherwise, you know, this will just happen all over again. But then he also says, no, it won't, because when I go back, I can talk to the Lord Beerus of that timeline, tell him what's going to happen then he can go and kill Zamasu before any of this stuff even happens. Right. Uh, which is just really convenient. You know, it's just a really convenient thing. Plus I'm not exactly sure that it's necessary. I want I really want to know what you guys think about all this because I, th- this is how I feel about it. I felt like this was a really good opportunity to just do away with time travel on the show because as much as I love Trunks um, and in the seriousness that his arrival brings to the episodes, it's just the time travel shit is super confusing because not only is the, the writing bad throughout most of Dragon Ball Super anyway, but then you introduce something like time travel on top of all of that. <laughs> it makes it even more confusing because, I mean, just listen to this conversation that they have to have, even as the characters on the show. Just to try to make sense of all this stuff, so imagine what us as the audience has to do to try to, you know, to follow along with what they're talking about. So I thought it was it would have been a genius idea to just have Grand Zeno wipe that timeline out completely, and then we don't even have to worry about that anymore. At this point, I, for all I care, Future Trunks and my and Future Mai can just stay in this timeline. Like, why not? <laughs> it seems like the only reason they're doing this. Because they're only bringing them back far enough to where they can essentially just save whatever survivors they had, I guess, you know, because I mean, I I don't I don't think he's going back. He's going to go back. He can't go back too far and make too many changes because, you know, I mean, it, it just introduces even more plot holes because then you can ask, well, if he can do that, why don't you just go all the way back? dude? Why don't you just go back to even before the androids freaking showed up? you know what I mean like this is why I don't like this time travel stuff you know because then you could say just go back to before the androids showed up and none of this shit would happen to begin with because the whole reason a big part and this is what Zamasu himself said a big part of reason why he decided to just eliminate all mortals was through the you know mortals manipulation of time the whole reason Trunks even did this to begin with was to save Goku's life you know so that world wouldn't fall to the same future that his did. So if you really want to stop all of this, you can just go back all the way and just but how would that change everything else? Right. Will it? Won't it? We don't know because they've done a poor job of explaining how time travel affects the present day on this show. We've gotten two different theories. We've gotten the butterfly effect theory, which we actually explained in one of the episodes. And that was where you make the smallest change in the past and you have the biggest, you know, change in the future. But then they've also said that if you go back and change something, it doesn't affect the timeline of the time you left from. It just creates a new alternate timeline. So I got to say this is what I'm saying. This whole time travel shit has just been a mess. <laughs> it's been a mess, you know, and, and if you turn off your brain and you just say, forget it, I'm just going to take this for what it is and enjoy a decent story then i'm sure you loved it but for someone like me whose job it is to kind of analyze these episodes and think about it so i can explain it to you guys and give you my opinions on it it's hard for me to ignore that kind of stuff you know because there's all kinds of crap that could have happened here and i thought was funny nobody seems to be addressing the question of this because you know at this point they're pretty much deciding that Whis is going to allow them to go back to some point early enough before Zamasu wiped everybody out. Uh, and he's going to convince Beerus to kill Zamasu in that timeline. Which he could have just done this shit anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we have to go through all this if Whis had the ability to just do all this stuff. But no one's really addressing the fact that if he brings them back and, and he stops all of this stuff from happening then doesn't that reverberate to the current timeline, right? Because this is something else they talked about in a previous episode. If they, (laughs) back when they were having a conversation about Beerus wiping out the current day Zamasu so that he doesn't become the evil one in Trunks' timeline, they were saying, well, if you do that now, then wouldn't wouldn't Trunks just disappear? Because there would be no reason for him to come back here to warn us of this, if it never happens, they seem to be ignoring that whole thing here, right? Because that's essentially what they're doing. Now they're just going—they're going back to the past of the future. <laughs> okay, they go into the future, but a little bit further back to wipe Zamasu out and all this kind of stuff. And but that would mean that Trunks would never come to the present to get help because they would they wouldn't they would never be a goku black so none of this stuff would have happened right but he's also saying there's going to be um two trunks and two Mys now because if he bring if he brings them back to their time they're, they're they're already there so they'll just have to live with you know doppelgangers of themselves so i guess By that statement, they're saying that the actions of this future trunks and my will still uh, be there. But just in this alternate version of the future past. Days of future past, I guess. uh, That that it won't it won't it wouldn't have never happened. Gosh, this may be the most confused I've ever been talking about this shit, and I hope y'all are still listening. (laughs) Okay, but this is my point. I would have would have been easy to just be like, let's just eliminate it so we don't have to worry about it anymore. Now, I get it from a writing standpoint. They're probably saying, well, it's always nice to know that future Trunks is out there because we can always bring him back later. You know, so they probably said we have to send him back to his own time somehow because we need to know that he's out there. And if in a, of, of 100 episodes from now, we decide we want to bring him back again. We need him to be gone. Because I was saying, why can't he just stay in the current timeline? Well, then he, then they would have he would have to be involved in every single fight. Right. And then it, it could also be a little weird because we already have a trunks in a my in the present day kind of takes away from their characters. I guess if we're seeing the bigger versions of themselves around the whole time, too. So I can definitely see from a writing standpoint why you would want to get them out of here. But it's it's it just doesn't seem like it's worth doing all this stuff. Right to going back and change time even again like that's what started all this in the first place <laughs> all these time rings and you know what i mean like that's what made zamazu turn evil was all this time travel and the time rings and his abilities to to jump through times and all this shit and now they're just going to do it yet again they're going to manipulate time again and it doesn't seem like it's worth it to go save however many people were in that timeline i mean i I don't know. But my um, is OK with the idea of living with a just a doppelganger version of herself. I mean, I don't I don't know if they're going to follow up on that in the future or revisit that. If we'll jump over to their time line again and we'll have two Trunks and two Mai's. I mean, Trunks can go train with himself, I guess. And if anything, it says, well, the, you know, if there's ever another threat and that timeline, they'll have two trunks to deal with it. So I think they'll be fine, right? Especially if those trunks somehow merge together, right? Because they'll have their kai's back because they'll have stopped Zamasu before he killed any of that. So maybe we'll get some kind of weird doppelganger future fusion version of trunks that'll come back from the the future. You, you know, and he'll be twice as strong because he merged with himself. <laughs> I don't know. This is crazy, man. This is the Dragon Ball world. And this is a world that we have all fell in love with. But this shit is insane. I mean, let's be honest with it. It's crazy. Anyway, so they decide to do it. Okay, we do kind of visit with go again for a minute. And he's showing all these time rings, which there appears to be six. I feel like there should be more than that. But I guess they weren't counting every single time Goku and Vegeta went back to the present to get something on a train I get I mean I guess technically they weren't changing anything so maybe it didn't make a new time ring every time but I feel like there should be more than that uh but once again if you start if you try to dig too deeply into this shit you will get a headache and that's why I'm here to help you guys so you won't have to do it I'll do it I'll take the burden of doing it (laughs) okay um so then we get sort of a farewell a farewell scene you know uh we get some goodbyes from everybody because Trunks and Mai are leaving Mai now has a new coat she matches more clearly with the present day Mai now Um, they're all kind of there even Pilaf and Shao or Shu for some reason Um, but yeah I mean there's really not much to talk about here it's just kind of a farewell I mean I guess the best sort of moment here is Vegeta shows up and you you know Vegeta he can't just say goodbye son you know He has to he has to do it in a very Vegeta sort of a way. So he just throws a punch at Trunks. Trunks catches it and in a moment he understands exactly what it is. And Vegeta even smiles on his face. And I'm not gonna lie, that moment was pretty fucking tight. (laughs) I didn't mind that at all. Amongst all this confusion, I was like, that was a good moment. Um So yeah, he's making progress. You know, if you remember the last time Trunks left for good, Vegeta just kind of stood there and just kind of like made this little hand signal and just kind of said bye. Like it wasn't really a wave. It was just kind of like this peace, See you next time. And this time he actually, you know, had physical contact with him. So he went from holding his hand up to punching him. Hell, next time, maybe he'll even like tap him on the shoulder or something, you know, progress. Oh, right. And I can't forget this. Okay, so they're obviously they're going up into the sky and it's taking them way longer to disappear than it normally does, of course. But even Gohan and Piccolo show up. They kind of float up. Trunks sees them, starts immediately having flashbacks to his Gohan and how he feels like he failed him because he died. And, you know, the hands of the androids and everything. And he's kind of losing it. You know, all of this hope that he had and this newly reformed Trunks with confidence all kind of went out the window when he remembered about Gohan. But then present day Gohan says, you've got this trunks, you know, never doubt that. And it just kind of, you know, makes him feel better. He says, you know what? I do have this. And it was a cool moment. And it made me miss Gohan, you know. (laughs) And it wasn't just me. It was Gohan sweating a lot. The first time they showed him, it was almost like he was out of breath. I guess they were just saying, hey, Gohan is so freaking out of shape. And out of practice now, he can't even slowly hover into the atmosphere, the upper atmosphere, without being worn out from it. I mean, I (laughs) I mean, nice little detail there, I guess. But so he's out of there, and he's going back to some sort of weird alternate, alternate version of his alternate future. (sighs) Shit, I don't know. I just, as much as I love that character, I kind of wish they just leave that shit alone because it's just super confusing. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad it's over. (laughs) Okay. I'm ready to move on to something else. That's a little bit easier for me to talk about and dissect to where I don't sound like I'm probably some sort of a convoluted rambling idiot on this podcast. Anyway, that's how it ends, man. We get a sweet little farewell to trunks and I I, we have to assume that's it. That's it for the Goku black slash future Trunks slash, you know, Zamasu arc. Um, Overall, I do have to say that it was it was the best it was the best arc so far. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, because all of that Frieza stuff was pretty terrible, <laughs> with the exception of like the final episode, um, a lot of that beer stuff wasn't great, because especially if you had seen Battle of Gods, you already knew how that was going to play out. So this is definitely the best arc we've seen. Was it perfect? No. OK, because I. I started off feeling really good about it, and then it quickly turned into all this convoluted sort of future shit and time travel shit that I knew was going to happen. And then, you know, Goku Black's origin story wasn't the greatest. He was still a really good villain. I mean, I can say that. I mean, I thought he was a good villain for sure. I thought Zamasu was a good villain. They they, they fleshed out Zamasu. They gave us sort of a well-rounded villain in him. We knew his motivations. We understood why he was doing what he was doing, you know. At the end, he kind of devolved into just a sort of a, you know, evil, quote unquote, you know, antagonist where all that other stuff kind of go out the window and it kind of went to his head. But at least up until that point, we understood his motivations and stuff. So I can't really complain about that. You know, this is the first time I think in Dragon Ball freaking history that they explore these villains and these scenarios and the reasonings on. A level that was beyond just some weird creation that a guy made to get revenge. Because that's like half of Dragon Ball Z's villains when you think about it. <laughs> okay, the androids, Cell, they all came from Dr. Giraud, just a madman who was mad for no reason. You know what I mean? And then Boo came from Bobbity and Bibbity, just two little wizards who were just angry for revenge it's always been revenge right so for for them to actually have a villain who it wasn't revenge that you could even see yourself sort of siding with him to an extent being like you know what he makes a good point like these mortals do keep fucking stuff up i thought that was very bold very brave of them to do that and i appreciate that once again the goku black stuff kind of fell off and that's where they kind of lost me. And of course, all the convoluted time travel back and forth, all that. But it was still pr- the best arc that we've gotten, even though it wasn't you know, perfect from start to finish. Right. I think most of you guys would agree with that. Or would you let me know? What are you saying? Send me an email at rock the dragon podcast at Gmail So we got some cool stuff here. I mean, we got some really probably one of the most the best animated episodes. Of the entire series was episode 66. And we got to see some cool stuff. Uh, we got to see sort of a new ish transformation for Trunks, even though it was not explained or anything. Well, but it looked cool. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you got to be thankful for, for what you get in Dragon Ball. So what's going to happen next? I don't know. I, you know, if I had to make a guess, I would assume we get one or two filler episodes where it's just downtime with, you know, some funny stuff happening. And because we usually get that kind of stuff. And then and before you know it, we'll shift back into um you know the next arc which whatever that'll be remember you know something a a seed that they planted a while back is that at some point grand zeno is probably going to want to have a universe uh a a tournament between all the all of the universes as opposed to just as universe six and seven i do know that there's a massive tournament that is coming up later on in dragon ball super i don't know if that's the same tournament as that one or not so i have no idea where this is going to go so it'll be interesting to find out. And, and, and obviously, I want to thank you guys for sticking with me through this arc. Um, I have every intention of being around for the next arc. And, you know, we'll just kind of take it, you know, as it goes. Obviously, this is, you know, I mean, there's what, a 100, you know, 90 or 80 episodes left of Dragon Ball Super. And by that time, there may be a new show out. Maybe Dragon Ball Heroes will be out. And maybe they will have released some sort of an English Dub of that, I don't know, so it's kind of hard to say where things will end up being, but for now, I'm here, so let's just keep doing this. Obviously, the more support you guys can continue to show or start to show, the more likely we can really keep doing this for long term. So, it starts with something just as small as liking the Facebook page, subscribing to the YouTube page. I'm not asking for anything more than that at this moment, (laughs) okay. You can go other places and find people wanting donations and all this shit. I haven't asked for any money right now. All I want is for you to share the page, like the page, subscribe, leave a review. You know, you can do all four or five of those things in the span of eight minutes. So I need that support so we can keep this thing rolling. OK, so thank you, guys. Uh, You know, it's not like we have a break or anything. There's no there's no seasons, no season finale in Dragon Ball. So I see you. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. OK. So uh, until next time for Rock the Dragon podcast, I'm Jim Bridges Water, and I'll see you guys next time.